coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. Welcome back to another episode of the Paper Stack Podcast. I'm Rick Allen, Brett Berkey. And today we've got another um, installment of our new series, Win, Lose, and Learn, where we're going to talk about either wins, losses, and what we've learned from it. And today we're pretty excited. We've got somebody who's going to share not one, not two, but potentially three different deals they've done and um, share them with us. Chad Herbshot, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. See your faces. Um, be nice to see. Yes. Nice to see you in person again. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking okay. forward to it. I don't. Are you going to Node Expo? No, no, I'm not going to that one. But um, hopefully next year when things are opening up, we'll. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I so, would be nice. Uh, why don't you share a little bit about um, a little bit about yourself? Tell us, you know, uh, the people who don't know you on who are listeners, um, who you are, what you're doing, and then we we can jump into the deals. Okay, well, I'll try to uh, do the Coles notes because sometimes I get a little bit carried away. Um, so I started investing real estate back in about 2007. Um, and then uh, 2012, 13-ish, uh, started buying foreclosures uh, down in South Florida. And uh, long story short, it was a year or two into that. And the uh, the hedge funds kept moving. Well, you guys know this here in Florida as well. The hedge funds moved in and started buying everything in sight just to turn them into rentals and paying like retail prices for foreclosures, which I thought was completely asinine. Uh, by the time I, um, one of my uh, partners at the time, I was doing some rentals uh, on uh, some other things up in Cleveland. He said, well, why don't you buy the notes from the bank before they get to the foreclosure? And I'm like, at that time, I had no idea you could even do such a thing. I was like, <laughs> what? That was when an epiphany, a light bulb went off. So, um, so yeah, like it was 2015, like I mentioned, and uh, kind of did some research into it. Ended up partnering up with another person um, kind of as a passive, um, you know, Put the capital towards the deal. Um, try to learn through osmosis on the how the process went, and I'll just say that um, I figured, well, if this guy can do it, then I can do it. So it was like 2017. I completely stopped doing everything else real estate related and just something in notes um, on a real estate basis full time 2017. And here we are today, 2000, well, four years later, and um, so predominantly just by non-performing notes. We'll buy. By the odds, subperforming, but predominantly non-performing notes with the intent of either getting them re-performing again or taking the property back, which is usually about fifty percent of the time, and um, get a lot of a lot of surprises along the way. When you bring Definitely. Property. Yeah. Are you still down? No, in, are you in, Are you in Florida right now? No, I'm up in Canada. No. Okay. Uh, so they 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 opened the borders up again about a month ago. I think it was. Um, but they make a jump through hoops in order to go down and come back. It's still not even worth it. So like all the testing you have to do and, um, you know, the quarantine, if you're, if you're vaccinated, but they still make you do, uh, I guess a $200 test and quarantine for a couple of days until, uh, you get the results back. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> wow. still pretty onerous. Yeah. Wow. Where so, in Canada are you? I'm in the Toronto, Toronto area. So directly, directly North of you guys, about two hour flight. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the same time zone. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Uh, so. Yeah. Tell us the. Um, tell us about the. The. You have the. The triple whammy here that we want to hear about. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. When you sent me the email, I'm like, oh man, there's so many examples I could pick from. <laughs> from a, uh, a loss standpoint and a win standpoint and uh, some of the lessons learned. But 
I'll, I'll go through them really quick because I don't want to, because um, I know this is a fairly uh, limited uh, um, time we've got here, but I'll, I'll start with the very first one. Um, so, you know, the thing I love about real estate is you generally don't lose money. And that was always my my uh, mindset until I got into notes. And when you get into notes, you can actually lose 100% of your, your money and then some. So um, the very first deal, uh, this happened uh, probably two years ago. This this uh, particular note was part of a pool and um, a pool of like 70 some odd notes. I think it was, so it was, it was a fair number of, uh, or a fair bit of due diligence had to be done. So we ordered the uh, title reports, you know, as you normally do during the due diligence period. And uh, quite a few of them came back with unpaid taxes. So this one particular deal, um, it just said it was just said it was delinquent taxes. So when was, once uh, the deal closed, I was actually um, going through all the ones that had delinquent taxes and actually calling the counties and because sometimes the uh, the title reports don't have the the actual payoff amount. So it's, it's always a good idea just to you know get the verbal what the actual payoff amount is so you can send a check in or pay it online where the case may be. So this one was in, I'm pretty sure it was in Indianapolis. And um, so the call up and um, they said, uh, sorry, sorry, you know, there's no redemption period left on this. And I, I make what I do you mean? Oh, no. Period, period. <laughs> yeah, so the title report showed that the taxes were delinquent, but didn't show it was in a tax sale. <laughs> yeah, so um, it was, uh, it was already, it had already gone to a tax deed sale and completely lost the property. There's nothing they, they could do about it at that point. So that was a little frustrating. Um, did you sue, did you go after the borrower at all? Uh, the borrower? No. You just took your losses no. and moved on. Yeah. It, it was like a low, lower value property. I think we paid about, I'd have to, I, sh I should have checked the numbers on them. I think we paid 12 grand for it and it was probably worth 35, 40 kind of around that time frame, or in that, uh, that, 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 uh, range of, uh, values. Um, and I, and if, if I'm not mistaken, I think the borrowers are deceased on top of it all. So, uh, so just lesson learned, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So ended up going back to the uh, title roll report vendor and uh, out of the 70 some odd reports that we did, they refunded us the money. I mean, it didn't cover the loss that we took, but at least it, it uh, covered some of it. So, um, so yeah. And as I was saying before we got on the show, I, I don't want to make this sound like it's all doom and gloom when you're in the notes, but you know, this is some of the things you need to look out for. So on the flip side of that, in the same pool, now this is just one example, uh, kind of a similar situation. It was uh, it was actually vacant land in um, uh, central Okeechobee, I think, central Florida. Um, it had a couple couple to two three thousand dollars worth of uh, unpaid taxes, but it, it was it was a tax lien, but not it wasn't headed for tax deed sale yet. Um, so we ended up, I paid like a dollar for that one. Cause it was only worth like 10 grand, nine or 10 grand. So, you know, like a loan level bid, like, you know, it's not, it's worth nothing. Here's a buck for this one kind of thing. Well, uh, <laughs> fast forward six months or 12 months, the camera was, um, for some reason, the borrower paid off the taxes. Um, I think once she started getting uh, notifications from us that, you know, she owed money on the, uh, on the property and it was worth. Like the unpaid balance was like in the 30s on that because that was back in the day. It was purchased back in the mid-2000s where pe people were paying stupid prices for land in the middle of nowhere in Florida that weren't going to be developed for 100 years. Um, so we ended up, uh, she paid the taxes and then um, she had, she didn't want anything to do with the property and uh, she deed and looted it to us. So, oh, wow. oh, wow. Yeah, so we're all in maybe a thousand bucks with you know some bit of legal fees and servicing fees and then uh, turned around and sold it for nine grand. So Wow. Yeah, so you know, that's I guess you could chalk that up a win to kind of offset the uh, the loss of the tax sale. So, and so was that was that in the same pool? 
Yeah, yeah, that one's in the same pool. So yeah, it's kind of important, I think, that people kind of realize that you know, as you as you get in and you're doing more than one asset at a time, and you start aggregating them into pools, um, you're going to take some on the chin. And if you can look at yep. it's just the way it is, right? And if you can look at that yep. trade as a whole and say, okay, over the average out of this, you're going to win. You, yep. you should exactly. be winning. And it's just yep, sometimes exactly. you're going to take them on the chin and then other times you're going to get one for, you know, a, a buck <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. be able to do it for a yeah. thousand and sell it for nine. Yeah. So, and there's a couple more like that, like maybe not quite as good of a, um, like I think one, uh, we got a payoff right off the bat and it was four grand or something like that. Like it was with like a, a couple months in, it was like the title company actually sold the property and they didn't get a payoff from uh, the, the bank that we bought it from. <laughs> and uh, so the lien was still outstanding. So when I called up the title company, I'm like, hey, what happened here? How come you uh, issued this deed? And they, they're like, oh my God, how much? They said, we reached out to the bank. We never heard back. We just assumed that uh, there was no, there was no uh, lien left or whatever. But um, yeah, we had full proof that it was still valid. And you know, we had all the assignments. So they, uh, they ended up just paying. It was only, like I said, it was only like four or five grand, 4,500 or something like that. So that was another example where we paid a dollar for it. And I think that the reason we paid a dollar for it was because it had changed hands and I saw that it was an actual warranty deed on the uh, title report. I'm like, well, this thing's obviously worth nothing. It's probably unsecured, but it wasn't. It was just that the title company screwed up on that one. So when they uh, when they did the exchange or when they did the sale of it. So, um, so I'll, I'll go to um, number two. So this one is, so that was 100% loss in the first one I mentioned, obviously, you know, every single dollar has gone on it. This one is uh, probably about a 50% loss. Um, so not as big, obviously, but from a dollar perspective, it's, it's probably the biggest loss probably taken to date. Um, so this loan, um, it was a long drawn out deed in lieu. I, I won't get into all the specifics of it, but um, it took about 12 months. Finally got the deed in lieu. It was through a power of attorney. The guy ended up, he was in jail. His brother signed the deed in lieu. And I thought, oh, great, fantastic. So. When we uh, when I did the um, got all the details back and the due diligence, um, the the BPO showed it was worth something like eighty five thousand somewhere around there eighty eighty five thousand, and the property right next door to it sold like six months prior to, and it, I think it sold for like ninety five, but it was like pretty fixed up on the inside. Well, this one looked pretty decrepit, you know, a bunch of long grass, and it was out in the country too, so um, long grass growing around it, so it looked like it was vacant, and I thought, okay, well, I'll take that uh, 85000 and I'll uh, reduce it down to, like, I think it was sixty. so um, and I can't remember what the unpaid balance was, it was somewhere around there in that neighborhood as well, so I, I based it, based the price based on the uh, discounted BPO, and I think paid about thirty-two for it, so thirty-two, you know, divided by 60, around 50%. Well, get the deed in lieu, um, get the um, preservation company in to secure it and the place like, so the front looked okay, but the back, the, there was like a wall missing, the ceilings were collapsing, the roof was collapsing in on the back. You couldn't see that from, from the front, <laughs> like water in a basement, like six feet of water in a basement. Like it, it so it needed to be demoed. It, like it's literally like worthless. That, but the only saving grace of this one was it was on, it's on six acres of land, wooded land. So it was in the country, so you know had some intrinsic value in the land at least. The deal was supposed to close today. There were some screw ups with the uh, paperwork going back and forth, but anyways, hopefully it's going to close on it this week. But um, 
Uh, we sold it for twenty six five. So after closing costs, everything going to be you know like low twenties, twenty two, and and some change. Um, so the expenses on that were about seven grand. So all in about thirty nine, and taking you know we're going to recover twenty two. So you know almost fifty fifty percent loss on that, and that's you know like I said, it's probably the biggest um, dollar wise. Um, but yeah. le- lesson learned on that is. When I send out preservation companies, if it's vacant, I'll say I'll say listen to them. This like looks like it's vacant, even though we don't. You're not really supposed to do this, but <laughs> can you walk around the property? At least take some proper like some shots around the back. Some will do it, some won't. Um, it just depends on. Well, if it's uh, been abandoned, I think it. you have a right to secure. Well, if you don't own the note yet, you're not. Oh, if you don't own the note, yeah, yeah, you're only you're not even supposed to trespass, right? But you know, you're kind of a great area, so. Oftentimes, I'll say, listen, if it looks abandoned or if it's uh, vacant, can you well, at least walk around, take some shots of the back? So it's kind of a lesson learned on that one. Like if I'd have known in this one, obviously there was a hole in the bloody uh, back wall and the you know the windows were popped out and the roof was caving in. You know, I probably would have put a $30,000 value on it, right? But, um, you know, I ended up, like I said, selling it for twenty six. So, But, you know, like I said, that's just a lesson learned. And, um but on the flip side of that, just sold a couple of reperforming loans last week, or well, two, three weeks ago now, and the returns on them are like well over 100%. So on both of them. So, you know, like I said before, right? It all kind of balances out. As long as you have more wins than losses, or at least hopefully your wins are making more than your make up for your losses, then. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, you also wind up with like some unexpected wins. Like you, you may. You know, I know when I bought some pools, it, like you said, they'll throw something in there. You're like, yeah, I'll give you a dollar for it. And you end up yeah. just making a win there. You're, you're probably not planning on making a huge win there. You're just like, this is going to be a bit of a headache, but it all kind of works out. Um, do you sell those loans on paper stack, I hope? No, these ones actually, um, I put them out in a pool with a bunch of others. It was like kind of an institutional trade. So I think that's why I've got such a stellar return on them. But uh, I was planning on... I was putting on. I was going to put them on paper stack if they didn't sell. And uh, yeah, so sorry about that, guys. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, yeah. I'm just joking around. Yeah, yeah. So it, uh, yeah, they they came back like way more than I was expecting. But they're reperforming loans. They've been paying for like well over a year, a couple of years now, I guess. And um, so they're paying. You know, they, the reperforming stuff is is pretty good. Yeah, we ended up getting like high 80s on those. I think it was, and I was, I was expecting like like high 70s to low 80s so um because they've been reperforming a couple times like there have been one of them had a loan mod like two three times three or four i think and the other one was like the second loan mod and you know those things you know they're bound to go non-reforming again you know so i was like i was kind of surprised at uh, the price that, that came in on those but um but the good thing is there's a ton of equity above them right and um you know, if they have to foreclose, they'd obviously uh, get the property back or, you know, or maybe not get the property back, but uh, they would recoup their money at least. So, so yeah. that's yeah. a thing like so. buying, like actually putting down a dollar for loans. Really? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's part of a pool. Like some some uh, some sellers will want to see loan level bids. And in this particular case, it was a loan level bid. And um, like there was there was quite a few that we had. Wanted. Well, I shouldn't say that. Like we bid... Originally, and then after we got the due diligence back, it's, there's some we went back and got a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a resale, not a resale, but a uh, like a buyback or whatever. Uh, what's the terminology when they uh, 
like buy the loans back from you. Um, yeah, just a buyback would. Yeah, so we purchase. Clause, yeah, repurchase. But some of them, they just said, you know what, these things are junk. Just keep them. So we reduce the uh, the bid down to down to a dollar. So. Yeah, that's uh, it happens just because them. You know, if you look at it, some they're buying stuff and they're like, this doesn't fit our mm-hmm. buy buy box, and we got them. So. I look at it and I'm like, well, that's, there's three grand in past due taxes. That's a three thousand dollar bill I'm gonna have to pay. If I yeah. can get a dollar for it and let somebody else handle it, it's just I just made three grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happened that uh, that that lot in Florida. Like I never expected the uh, borrower to come back and pay those taxes, and that's why I only bid a dollar. Like if it, if there was no taxes going on it, I might pay a thousand or two thousand for it. You know, if you foreclose, you're into it for five or six, and you know you take it. And, you know, you have a piece of land that you're into it for, you know, say six, seven grand. You turn around and sell our finance on a land contract for 15, right? So that's kind of, you know, so, you know, that's kind of the, uh, got to think of different exit strategies. So, yeah. So, um, so I have a third, I don't know if you want to give me that or if we have enough time. No, yeah, um, go ahead, man. Okay. This one's, this one's kind of note related, um, not entirely, but it started out as a note. Actually, it was a uh, non-performing CFD. Same thing, it came out in a pool of about eight, I think I bought. This was three, four years ago. Um, I think the BPO was like 60 on it. So that was back in the day when I used to get BPOs. It didn't take me long to learn that. You never, never, ever, ever trust these bloody things because they're never, ever. <laughs> but I think that one, I even discounted it to like 40. Um, so this one, had the, the borrower had just vacated it, vacated it when we took it over, um, and they ended up signing a cancellation of land contract. So it was pretty swift and easy. Um, when we got the property, though, it was just a total, total, total disaster. Like it took like, <laughs> you know, one of those ones where it took like three, four dumpsters to clean out. And so my intention was, it, so then, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing the uh, comp side, and I'm like, oh, this thing's worth like, 10 grand maximum like it was in uh, an area of st louis kind of like a suburb of st louis so as you're probably aware st louis isn't really known for its high high-end properties especially in the lower end areas um so i thought well i'll throw a bit of money into it and i'll do a seller finance on it again so i um time i got it all cleaned out um i decided i was gonna uh manage the uh, uh, the, uh the contractors myself like kind of like just buy a bunch or uh, uh, hire a bunch of subs. Well, that was a total mistake right from day one. Um, should have hired a general contractor. Um, anyways, I got ripped off three ways a Sunday by about four or five contractors going through that place. You know, they say they're going to do work and they take pictures, even videos, but then, you know, they don't do it of the entire house. And you find out like some of the stuff that was supposedly done, they didn't do. Um, it had frozen through the winter time, so we had to redo all the plumbing in it. Um, the person that was in there before, they tried to do all their electrical. We had to redo all the electrical in it. Um, needed a new furnace, uh, like <laughs> you name it. It just it needed everything. So my twenty thousand dollar budget turned into like ended up being like fifty. I think it was time we we're all said and done. Might have even close to sixty. So I thought, well, I'm not going to sell or finance this. I'm just going to sell it as a like a retail rehab property. So before I did all that, though, I had, I'm not kidding you, I had four realtors within like, I'd say within a few months go through it. And I, you know, asked them what their opinion of what this thing could sell for. Three of them out of four said it would sell between 90 and 100 grand all day long, like it was fixed up. And one came through, but she was from like a different area of like the other side of St. Louis. And she said 50. I'd, I'd used her on another project and she said 50. 
But I thought, well, she doesn't really know the area, so I'm going to go with these other three's opinion. <sighs> so after getting ripped off and <laughs> putting 50, 60 grand into this place, I think, oh, by the way, I think I paid, I think I paid about 15 for it to begin with. So I'm, in, I'm into it for like at this point, 75 grand. So I thought, okay, if I sell it for 90, you know, I'll make a few bucks. Listed it for sale. Um, it had tons of showings, but just no one was biting on it. No one was biting. No one was biting. Uh, I don't think I had any offers. Well, then the um, the flooring started peeling up in it, like bubbling up because the flooring guy ripped me off. He did it improperly. Had had to redo the flooring. <laughs> it was just like one nightmare after another. And then the ceilings. Oh, and then uh, sprung a leak upstairs in one of the bathrooms. It came down through the ceiling. Like it, it's just like what you know the the nightmare from. Elm Street, basically, without Freddy Krueger in it. But in any event, um, long story short, um, so we ended up taking off the market. I had to put a bunch more work, money into it to get this thing up and running again. And then I found out it was it was like a really beautiful lot that was like up on like it, it was kind of like a it was in a suburban area, but it was up on like this big hill. I can't remember what it's called now, but it overlooked the St. Louis. You can see the arch from it from the back deck. Like it was a really really nice lot, but. Apparently it was in like like it was within a block of like the roughest neighborhood of St. Louis, although it was like far enough removed. So I think that scared a lot of people away as well. End of the day, I think I sold it for like high fifties. Oh, so, yeah. So man, it was you know that injury, you know injury to insult to injury. It was just like yeah. So it took a a good forty thousand dollar hit on that one. So that was lesson learned. Like never ever am I going to sub out a project or like do it all myself hire a general contractor. Um, yeah, there's there's so many lessons learned on that one. Like, I, I can't even begin to... Um, you could write a book just on that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And that was like and that was like a two-and-a-half-year-old ordeal, too, over that like time frame. Like, it was like... Yeah, so... Um, but it, the problem was I kept putting it on the back burner, too. It was just like one of those problems I just didn't want to deal with. You know, I'd do a bunch of stuff with it, and then it was like, oh, my God, another problem. And, then, you know, I'd put it on the back burner. Any events, yeah. So lesson learned, tons on there is just, yeah. Don't, I'll never do a rehab and uh, I'll never do a rehab again in St. Louis. <laughs> no, I've had those same situations, and I, you know, I went through something similar to that, and I finally, I learned my lesson, and I'm like, I always look at it if I've got one that's on the borderline, I'm like, if I crack open a wall, I know what's going to happen. There's just more and more stuff. So yeah. do I just want to, do I want to take a five grand loss today? Or do I want to yeah. take a 25 grand loss in a year and a half after everything's gone wrong wrong? I was like, I'll take my five grand loss today and just yeah. get out and move it down because it's just yeah. the headaches, you know, even if it's a you know break even, you're like, I can get that money and make five grand off that money. I'll just let's yeah. move it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. So yeah, that is my biggest lesson learned. Like I've had many others since then. Like you get a property back from foreclosure and it's a total disaster. And it's like Nope, not rehabbing this one. <laughs> Just sell it as is, even if we take a, a small loss on it or break even. You're right. So it's so tough, right? Because it's tough to manage a. It's really hard to manage a rehab from another state. Oh, so so I used to do uh, rehabs in Florida, and I had like one contractor who I used for years and years and years. Where I would just, like I wouldn't even see the property. I'd just say, "Hey, Robbie, can you go and check this property out?" I'd sometimes go with him. Not half the time I would maybe. And then the realtor that I used at the time, he would go with him. So they do a video walkthrough and he would just give me a verbal what the price was going to be. And then he'd, you know, 
the next day he'd write up like if we got the you know usually a day or two later you know it's pretty quick <laughs> trying to you know trying to buy investment properties like they're they're pretty uh like no wasting any time down there so within a couple of days that we got the offer accepted he would send me a, a a contract or a quote and it was like within like a couple grand of what he thought the what it was going to take just from his walkthrough and um he never like you know the odd time he would uh, say oh man this is something i did not see coming it very rarely happened sometimes he would eat stuff and he always did the jobs and the guy it was like I don't know. I, I guess kind of like my only experience, really. So I thought, oh, reha- rehabbing is easy, but <laughs> it's different <laughs> though. Like when, when, well, when you have boots on the ground, a and B, you're getting yeah. to see the disaster you're buying before you buy it. Yeah. The problem yeah, I think exactly. sometimes with notes is you don't get to see the disaster you're buying. I mean, heck, yeah. you you had a house that looked. Eh, it looked a little rough on the front, but on the back there was holes in the wall, and there were the roof yeah. was caving in. So there's some of those things where that's why, like it, it is. I find it where if I can avoid, especially if it's a if it's an area. Now there's a couple areas that I've got, I've got a solid contractor where we just we focus on those areas. We're buying notes in those areas. We've got a we've got a team together, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm more likely to do a rehab there, and I kind of focus on buying higher end properties there or higher end notes because yeah. there's more room for. There's more room to absorb the blow if you if, right. <laughs> if disaster strike. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if all I yeah if I like stuff in Cleveland, Columbus, I've done tons of stuff there now. Yeah, I'm not afraid to afraid to buy anything in those just because, like I said, you've got boots on the ground, right? So right. you got boots on the ground. Just as long as like I find it um, in Cleveland, there's a few little like municipalities that will they'll get you on the nickel and diming stuff, but. Um, other than yeah. that, I think those two places are good. So, hey, Chad, we yeah, ran a little bit over, but it was good, man. You filled up the, definitely filled up the plate with some knowledge there. We really appreciate you stopping in. Good lessons. Yeah, that, I know, but I could see, right. you always tell when Brett's sitting here, just, he's just soaking it all up. He's like looking. Well, I'm just watching. I'm just learning. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's good to know. That's good to know. And I'm sure that's the thing is like yeah. other people are watching, you know, a lot of people that are watching probably are new and so they, these things are great what's your lesson right, right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 that one to offset that loss um i had the same pool cfd pool took back another total piece of junk in uh, flint michigan had it under i'll make it really short had it under contract to sell for so i think i paid six grand for it had it under contract for sell for 25 ish i think um and then the real and it was right before christmas the realtor sends me an email um firing garage or something wait what send a preservation company it wasn't just a fire in the garage. The entire thing was engulfed. Like it was a total, total write off. Um, took about a year, but I got the the insurance check for sixty five grand on it. So it's like, well, I guess that offset the uh, the loss I took on that bloody rehab, right? So, like I said, it all balances out in the end, or hopefully, it all balances out in the end. It always works out like that. It always like it, and it's you never you're never counting on that, but it just happens. Like it just happens to where hey. Something happened. You know, we've had that happen. A tree fell on an NPL and the people are like, yeah. well, it's like, you're so far behind. We're going to have to, t- <laughs> we had to take all the insurance money. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've had that happen too. Yeah. I had that happen uh, just this, this year as well. So, um, and their insurance money covered their, uh, their debt. So <laughs> it's like, well, sorry, you didn't get your fix your house up. But you didn't pay your mortgage, but no you, what are you going to do? Yeah. You, know, you get the house free and clear. Now we're gone. You know, we'll sign it over yeah. to is what yeah. we did. You get it free and clear. Yes. So 
You can fix yep, it for cheap. Bad. You get the house for free. Yep. That's not a bad deal. Exactly. That's what we did. Yeah. We actually took a bit of a short payoff because it was a little old lady too. So we did the same thing. Same. You just do it. But hey, it's it's like, you know what? I got a, I got most of my money back and it was a headache that I didn't have to deal with anymore. So we're out. Yeah. And they get a house. And they got the house for free. So it's win-win. So huh. well, we're pushing yeah. 30. Hey, man, we really appreciate you uh, joining yeah. us. We'll definitely have you back on. Um, you've got good stories. I'm sure you've got more you can share with us. So uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we will. Uh, yeah, we appreciate we'll it. Story, so. We'll be in yeah, touch. Well, yeah, we'll see you yeah, at the next sure. conference, wherever, the, wherever that may be. I was just going to say, hopefully next time we see you guys uh, in person versus uh, over video. So, yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Take care. Have a good one. Okay, bye now.